Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Bloom. You saw me standing alone. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And as always, three guests in the studio. Uh, welcome to Lisa Rabinowitz, Rob Barron, CTID, and Dave Hodgson. Hi. Hello. Good to see you all. Uh, I think we have to start, uh, the only place to start, I think, today is with the great Sergio Aguero, who has 100 Premier League goals. So, memories, thoughts, feelings about the great Sergio, favourite goal... Favourite memory, favourite haircut, possibly? Well, I remember he scored that one goal that one time. I think we were at home against QPR, and it sort of slips my mind, but, you know, I remember it being quite a good one. Predictable, but I have to share that, I think, with you. It was something special. Uh, How many times have you watched that on YouTube, would you say? How many times have you watched that great video of uh, sort of that that day with the sort of Stratford fans at Sunderland all looking at their watches and texting each other and and Fergie's face when, you know, they they realised and he didn't quite know what to do with hands, did he? And was like pushing his players away. That... It's got to be into the thousands, I think, as far as I'm concerned. There was a particular video where they dubbed the laughing policeman over Alex Ferguson's face when he found out, and that got watched many hundreds of times. That was a particular favourite in my household. At QPR, Rob, does that stand out? Or there have got to be other memories, surely, not just the QPR? I don't think... I don't think we should go into the secret history of our feelings, but I, I have to confess that every time I see that goal... Uh, tears well up into my eyes. It reminds me that Balotelli was uh, a good player and useful to us, but it was a sublime moment and will live forever. So that's great. The other thing I remember about Aguero, wonderful player, privileged to watch him, can't do up his uh, shirt buttons, has to get somebody else to do them. Is that true? Is yeah. that, I can't, can't be too It is true, I've seen it. He can't do his shirt buttons up. 
This is true. Well, you learnt that first on the world. Maybe other people now. So that's news to me. So the definitive moment of our club's history was assisted by a man who can't put a bib on to a man who can't do up shirt buttons. <laughs> okay, that's so good that to know. That tells you all you need to know about Manchester City. <laughs> so, Sergio then, Lisa, where does yeah. he rank? Oh, well, and in terms of the players I've seen, then he's probably at the top. I mean, I can't compare him to... Colin Bell, etc., etc. I didn't see them, but um, without a doubt, I don't know how. And I don't know how he's never up for Player of the Year or in the Team of the Year. It just baffles me. If you think, considering how much he's been out this season compared to Kane and Vardy, and I. But yeah, it, but I is that the reason? I, I, I'm also struggling to understand why. Maybe maybe he's. You know, he's a get to play against. I don't know. Maybe it spits at people and trips them up and, and kicks them off the ball that we don't see. Maybe he's just a really unpopular personality. I don't think he is. No. Um, but is it because the injuries? Because to be fair, he, there are very few seasons over the last few he's played where he's actually played as many games as some of those other guys who are up for that award. I think maybe it's partly that and also the timing of when they start to vote for the player of the year. If he's always out at that point. It's kind of September, they vote, it, I think, yeah, isn't it? Well, after three games or something. It's, it's very early, ridiculous. isn't it? Yeah. But you know what? If if no one else wants to appreciate him, then, then so we'll, be it. We will. We will. The, one of City's all-time great post-war players was obviously Francis Lee, and and he compares with Aguero. But uh, Lee was a fighter and uh, a battler, and Aguero is a prince by comparison because he doesn't foul, he doesn't uh, take uh, unfair advantage of players. And uh, he's a wonderful sportsman. I mean, around this table, you and I are the only two who will remember the, the Bell Lee and Summerby era. Our other guests are far too young to, to remember that, Rob. So, you, you know, just have to watch De Bruyne. His body language, it's like Colin Bell has come back uh, to play with us. And uh, it, it's fantastic. But, but Bell and Aguero are not similar t- type of players. Sure. Um, I think the thing with Aguero is no one is ever surprised. I saw something brilliant um, from one of the BBC commentators saying that there was no real sort of shock when Aguero got a hat-trick at Stamford Bridge. Everyone sort of expects him to do that every week. There's no sort of dramas when Aguero does something brilliant because that is what we expect from him. So when you compare him to the likes of Mares, Paya, you know, these players who've come in and no one expected them to do half of what they've done, Aguero is always going to come up short when it comes to something that's voted for by, you know, various people in the game. Simple as, really. Uh, and again, same as Lisa, you, you'd have him up there as your favourite player that you've seen or would you actually come up with a different name? For me, it's between him or Silver. There's something about the way Silver reads the game that even out of the players I've watched, the only player I can really compare that level of foresight to is Zidane you know that ability to see a pass and just almost be reading the game five seconds ahead of where it is and Aguero is good at that sure but Silva has that, that skill that just w- has always amazed me and if he if he had an end product in terms of, of goals scored I'd say Silva above Aguero did you give us a name? I don't know if you actually gave us a name, Rob, of actually your all-time favourite City player. Did you? Did you? It's Francis Lee, it then, or, you, or is it still Colin? Bell? No, no, it's Colin Bell. It's Colin Bell, yeah, yeah sure. absolutely. Yeah. Well, if we're on favourite, I'm on Andy Morrison, but um, I don't think he quite <laughs> compares for different reasons. Favourites <laughs> and best is probably a slightly different comparison. Um, okay, um, so, so can we work our way back then? Um, and I suppose a, a key question for me is, you know, how can one of the four best teams in Europe fail to beat a poor Newcastle side? I mean, how, how does that happen? Help me kick us off then, Lisa, with, with, with why, that, why and how that can happen. 
Well, if your manager picks the wrong team to start with, it probably doesn't help you. Um, if you have at least one fullback who probably has never, ever been capable of being a defender, that also doesn't help you. Um, <laughs> would you like me to continue? Well, well, um, I, I just, I, I think that the problem that Pellegrini has had a couple of times this season, probably more than a couple, is that he just expects that if we play the way we want to, we will win games. But when we played against Chelsea, who just didn't put that much effort in, it was easy to play the way we want to. But when we come up against a side who are fighting for their life and working much harder than we were last night, then that's when we fall short. And and he set, and the way he set up the team did not help that. And then he has to make substitutions to rectify the error he made in the first place and I, I just think that it, it, you start off on the back foot and so, so before we move on to the others just just for clarity uh, I think I know the football, fullback you're talking about is your least favourite player if we're talking about best players we know who your least favourite player is we've heard you on the show before and it begins with a K and rhymes with Olaroff yes. uh, but, but in terms of and we'll come back to him I'm sure but in terms of selection just help us understand what you mean by that What where were the selection errors then for, for the game against Newcastle well I'm not saying selecting Delph was wrong but selecting him as a left winger is I mean he's done it before and it didn't work I don't know at least once before maybe even more than that and I, I I'm not sure why he thought it would work this time um and although I thought and I, I'm not anti-Torre in any way and I thought he played well against Chelsea I wouldn't have picked him against Newcastle either I know he has a history of scoring goals against Newcastle but that's history and I think he would have been better starting with Delph centrally Sterling didn't look great when he came on, but he could have started with him instead. I, I just think he got that wrong. Rob, do, how much of that do you agree with? Is well, that a I pretty think, good assessment? I think some of it is is uh, wise, and some of it is less wise. Uh, I think it's unfair to criticise Pellegrini, uh, given the pressure of so many games, and given the need to safeguard key players for. Uh, the game which is coming up, the semi-final. And the stroke of bravery that we saw from Pellegrini was to ditch Yaya uh, for the Champions League. And so he may have played Yaya because he doesn't intend to to play him against Real Madrid. If that is the case, then I would I would say that's, that's justifiable. Yaya was awful last night. He gave the ball away too many times. Uh, so that that was disappointing. The problem for City was that um, Delph isn't fit, and when he was brought on, uh, Sterling is way uh, unfit. He shouldn't really have been in, in a substitute last night, and Aguero looked tired in the second half, and so he shouldn't he shouldn't play on Saturday. There's not much left for you to say, really, is it? That's kind of a, a or, or is there? I think. Yes, Kolarov had a terrible game, but I think, and we all hate to say this because we love him and he's been a big part of our club, Pablo Zabaleta the last few weeks has looked over the hill. And, you know, looking at the players who were playing for Newcastle on the wings, Musa Sissoko, I've long struggled to work out what sort of player he is, but he's, he's not a tricky winger. You have Vernon Anita coming forward at right, from right back, who is a holding midfielder and, as my Geordie friends regularly tell me, not technically gifted. 
you know, you have these players coming forward who are not Cristiano Ronaldo, they're not Neymar, you shouldn't expect them to be skinning our fullbacks. And, you know, I don't know how many sort of email scams Kolarov must fall for, because he was falling for every trick everyone, play, everyone did for him. You know, if he, he, you know, he, he would follow these guys, they'd, they faint, Kolarov will go one way, they'd go the other. It wasn't anything intricate, it wasn't anything clever, but the fullbacks fell for this every time. And it created so much space. There were balls going into the box from that. We weren't putting any pressure on it. And the moment we got the ball in midfield, we were, mi- we were misplacing passes. And Newcastle were doing exactly the same thing. So many passes were going astray in midfield. And with the quality of players we have, we should be retrieving that ball, we should be holding possession, and we should be connecting with our passes. Because we have De Bruyne, we have Aguero, we have players who, if given the ball in the right areas, will cause problems that Newcastle patently don't. But you've got to see this in context. What, what you say is technically correct, but the, the, the key decision is who to play in the Champions League as, as the two fullbacks, and it's going to be Sanya and Clichy. Assuming Clichy's fit. Yeah, now yeah. If, if, if that is the case, then they can't play every game up to the uh, next, next Tuesday. So who are you going to put in in place? Agreed, but that game is a week away. And we have a game on Saturday, which presumably, on that logic, we will play the same squad again. As we played, on, as we played this week. You know, if we're working on the basis that we're going to stagger them, it seems very odd that we're worrying about resting players for the Champions League now, a week away. Well, I think it's cumulative, actually. I think what we saw, uh, was it last night? It was so awful, I'm trying to forget it. Was, was the culmination of fatigue and the, uh, adrenaline uh, dissipated uh, over an intense period. And you can understand that in football. I, I think it's fair to say, you know, it's not just for fatigue and adrenaline. I think you made the point already that... It is sad to see Pablo Zabaleta, and I'm kind of looking at the last two or two or three games, mm. where here is someone who, at his peak, was an yeah. amazing player. Yeah. He, and mm. as we said before, you cut him, he'd, he'd bleed sky blue, the sort of person any fan would want in their team. He loved the shirt, he loved the team, and really, he's, he's, he's a shadow of his former yeah. self. He's almost, it's almost back to the way he started, in a way, because when Pellegrini had to take him off against Chelsea because he was going to get sent off. And that's how he was when he first came. But for different reasons, he was too um, eager to get stuck in when he first... It was like Mad Zab, everyone was calling him then. And and then then he's been such a good player for us. But I think it it is sad to see, but he's just not what what he used to be. And, And Sanya is easily first choice right back now and giving you your opportunity your weekly opportunity to talk about Kolarov um, <laughs> never been in the Zabaleta category as far as you're concerned anyway oh, no. and, uh, and, and even million, worse yeah. and, and here's your opportunity to, to give a bit of a Kolarov bashing which we don't like to bash our own players no. but, and I know you won't really do it properly but um, some I mean, thoughts then the, the thing is that he had no alternative at left back yesterday really anyway because I think Clichy was injured we don't like to bring youngsters into the picture anyway so I don't even know if there is one but um, he's just he's not a defender he's very happy going forward but not very happy to track back quickly enough frequently I know I know you um, were saying before that he fell for a lot of tricks he often wasn't even there and one of the reasons I've been quite reluctant to have a go at Mangala in the past and now is that he's doing an awful lot of covering for for Kolarov at the back and that is not easy and also company was 
hardly at his best yesterday either. Yeah. So Mangala was easily good, our good, best defender yesterday. Good to have company back, but but again, like so many on the pitch, clearly, clearly not match fit, as they would say. He, he wasn't fit, but he got through the game. That's the key thing. Yeah. And, you know, Mangala, who's played... He had two wonderful games against PSG and against Chelsea. And then <laughs> last night he returned to... Uh, his less than optimal self, which is a great shame because this is someone with potential. But if you don't have consistency, uh, you can't play in that key position. I would say that Mangala's best performances have all, in my memory, have all been without company. But for a while, he looked very good with Demichelis. I think it was, a, was it a couple of seasons ago? Was it last season? Yeah. Um, he looks very strong alongside Demichelis. And this season, he's looked at his best alongside Otamendi. I don't know what, what the disconnect is between him and company, but I've never seen them put on a brilliant performance together, I've got to say. <clears throat> Can I just help me here? Why does he play Bonnie ahead of Ihenaccio? I, I, am I missing something? And uh, is, is there something in Bonnie's contract that says he's got to play you know, at least 14 games or something? That's the only thing I could... Is he sleeping with... I don't, is he sleeping with the manager? I, I don't understand it <laughs> at all. Why, why Bonnie would, in any situation, get the nod ahead of young Hinaccio? It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Well, I think you're quite right. And the, the criticism of Pellegrini has to be that he's too conservative when it comes to playing... Uh, young promising players I think we've seen that for the last two years that is a great shame because they're very good players who are capable of being played and uh, unfortunately Bonnie is a wasting asset because the less he plays the less good he's going to be he's the kind of player who needs to play regularly so but not for us we're not going to see much more of him so enjoy it while it while you can (laughs) see it or not it's it's quite bizarre i mean he brought on nacho the other night um the other day at chelsea for eight minutes whatever it was when we didn't need anything from him and i I think that sends the wrong message to him as well i mean obviously he knows pellegrini's not going to be there next season but whenever we do need to score he brings on bonnie which seems completely counterintuitive let's move on from the negative to the positive because we're kind of working back and and you know if we hadn't had that miserable night at st james's park to talk about we were actually would be talking about a quite fantastic performance albeit against a side with nothing to play for mid-table mediocrity um with a new manager coming and you know a half-empty stadium but you have to say that you know that was a fantastic performance, watching City against Chelsea and destroying them and, and seeing De Bruyne you know, in, in true Colin Bell style was, was, was something else, wasn't it, Dave? De Bruyne is the absolute best player you could have if you want to launch a counter-attack. And I think that has been him at his absolute best this season was that game against Chelsea because you, know, you are playing Chelsea away. Let's not take away from that. Chelsea are a good side in possession. They've not become a bad team overnight. They're very good in midfield. And we get the ball, we get it on the halfway line, and the speed at which, Agu- at which Aguero, De Bruyne, and I know everyone knocks him, but I think he's been very good the last few weeks, Jesus Navas. The pace they're getting forward at, the way the ball's getting played through, the fact that Navas always creates an option as well for these counter-attacks to play. Sometimes you have your full-backs bombing on as well. But De Bruyne is brilliant at both carrying the ball at, at speed, getting it to other players... And being on the end of them. He's just so good for when you're playing that style of football and how Chelsea must miss him. Um, I think we need to just pick you up on one thing. There was a, there was a, 
a reaction from our two other guests when you mention the word Jesus and Navas and something positive in the same sentence. So let's, let's just try and pick that up first before we go back to the positive. So Look, I don't l- think you agree. Navas is a lovely man and <laughs> occasionally he, he's a good player. Last night he was a walking disaster area. Everything he touched he did wrong. Uh, giving the ball away, failing to shoot accurately, it, w- it was just awful. So... You know, I think we've had enough of that, of that really. Um, but I think I agree with you about uh, De Bruyne. And what was interesting is uh, one of the ex-City players, Sinclair, said he thought De Bruyne was an upgrade on silver because he not only dominates the game, but he scores goals as well. Now, I, I don't want to get into that because I think they're both great players, but it shows how remarkably good De Bruyne is. Navas. Um <laughs> Navas didn't play well yesterday, but nobody did. Um, and actually, he didn't do everything wrong, but I, mean, I have been um, a real defender of Navas this season because I think, you know, yes, he has a lot to work on certain areas of his game, but I do think we, we look a more balanced side generally when he plays. He does do a lot more positive than I think he gets credit for. But I won't go into it in too much detail but you know I, I think he he is he gets a lot of criticism that other players when they do similar things do not get criticized for Lisa could we just say it's, I don't think it's fair to say no one played well last night without Joe Hart okay. a wonderful save uh, in the last five ten minutes of the game they wouldn't have come away with anything at all okay, okay not no one played well but generally speaking to, to fair, most of them were under to be par fair, that, that the very goal was, was, was close wasn't it in terms of offside as well I, I didn't think it was quite you know with my sky blue spectacles on it was, well, it all, was a close one all wasn't those it? City fans who claim to be victims of uh, refereeing decisions need to revise the the, the the script because in two games now uh, we've had the benefit of yep. uh, poor refereeing mm. decisions so, so Lisa but onto the positives on to the of positive. Chelsea then so we've, yeah. we've done the Jesus Navas bit um, and we've, we've ticked that box yeah. but just, just going back to that Chelsea game and, and that demolition job it was yeah I mean, I mean it's already been said how wonderful De Bruyne is and is incredible to watch but I just think it was a good team performance again everyone pulled their way you know, you couldn't come away from that game really criticising anybody, no. um, which is a rare. It has been a rarity this season. It was great to see, and that was out on the back of another performance like that against PSG. And it was, and you know, if only we could maintain that momentum, um, it, it would be a very. This season would have been a very different story. I think. I thought um, against Chelsea, Yaya played very well. He did. He did. Uh, in contrast to last night, yeah. it was like watching two different players. Yeah. Any other, any other, before we move on to kind of PSG and, and, and the, our uh, semi-final, um, I've only got a European Cup still, Champions League uh, tie coming up. Anything else on the Chelsea game particularly that caught your eye, Dave? The thing with the Chelsea game, um, you know, is really, I, I don't think we can big up how good Aguero was, you know, sufficiently because he, you know, he, he, t- he takes his chances perfectly, He's getting in those positions. And remember, he's playing as a one-man striker. Yeah. He, and it is sometimes like we've got two up front with him because he occupies defenders. He moves into space. He drops deep like a number 10. He holds up like a number nine. His all-round play is so special. And against, let's not forget, what, what was the best defence in the league last year? He, he ran him ragged and almost single-handedly. Well, we're through to the Champions League semi-final. 
Manchester City. One of the four best teams. We're better. Where it's official, we're better than Barcelona. It's official. Um, so City Real and Bayern against Atletico. So we've got what an All Madrid final, or we've got Pep against Manuel. That'd be good. Pep against Manuel. Do you fancy that, or is that something that you want to try and avoid? Well, I think it would be what, very interesting to watch. <laughs> um, I, I don't know where Pep's. Uh, Loyalties would be lying at that point. By the end of the season, I suppose he'll he'll know whether we've qualified for the Champions League or not. But I had a thought: should he not do a bit of a job share? Do you think, Pep? Should he not be doing two days a week at City just and buying three days a week just to sort of make sure just to that bed him in a little, bed, bed yeah. him in a bit, understand the, the, the whole setup at the Etihad, big club, different players, and particularly you know. Rob, well, good he, idea. He's doing that already. You, you <laughs> know that he's doing that already because well, he's watching the videos because he's, he's negotiating or at least expressing his view for who he wants wants to sign. So that's that isn't just on the back of an envelope. He's already putting in some some time as far as that's concerned. And you know, I'm glad that I'm still alive to see City <laughs> in a Champions League. Uh, semi-final pinch me I, I've seen City play Grimsby and Macclesfield and Barnsley and they were all wonderful occasions but this this beats a lot of them and uh, and anybody who's going to criticise City um, I mean one of the thrilling things about uh, the reaction to the PSV game which I couldn't go to was uh, I happened to be in the south of England and I had my City scarf on and people came up to me who I didn't know and said, well done, uh, your team played very well last night. And, and that is thrilling when, when that happens. Wonderful. Dave, we're in the semi-finals. Uh, do, do, do you fancy a, a Pet versus Manuel final or do you not really no, care really? I think, and I've, one of my very favourite teams in Europe is Atletico Madrid. And as you may remember, when I went through my... I suppose it never really ended my Pellegrini out phase last last season. Um, I was wanting Diego Simeone, and I want I wanted Diego Simeone, and still think he's one of the world's best managers because he organises them brilliantly. They press so aggressively. They are horrible, horrible team to play against because they will foul you and they will tackle you hard. But they are so organised, so disciplined. They concede very few goals. They've got some very good attacking players. Greitzman for me is one of the most underrated players in the world. I think he's he easily make my top 10 world's best players. And I think Atletico are quietly very, very dangerous. Bayern, of course, very good side on their day. Very strong, great manager, great, great team. But I just, I just think Atletico are on a rich vein of form and they're really on to something at the moment. But to get either Bayern or Atletico, we've got to beat Real, of course. And uh, any, any thoughts on... You know how we approach that game. I mean, clearly, when we play at our best, you could argue we could beat anybody in the world, arguably. And I suppose that's really what we're looking for. You know, the the, the team with the Fernandinho and Fernando, and you know, Yaya not playing, and, and the two fo- first choice fullbacks back in. You know, Aguero firing on, firing on all cylinders. You know, we kind of know the setup, don't we? And 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 the team picks itself pretty much. Um, and is it as simple as, you know, listen, we give it our best shot and you never know, over two legs and the first leg at home, which I think it gives us an advantage. It's, you know, it's potentially dreamland. You know, Rob won't just be pinching himself, he'll be almost peeing his pants at the, at the, at the prospect. No, I won't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we have to set up like we did for PSG. For me, it's, it's very simple. We have, to, we have to play Real Madrid, not the hypothetical opposition we set out to play last night, which is 
long been Pellegrini's problem in the league. But in Europe, fair play to him. He seems to have sorted this out and he sets us up to play a set opposition. My concern with Real Madrid is they have very strong, very quick, very powerful wingers who can cut inside very quickly, namely Messers, Bale and Ronaldo. And a lot of it is going to be about nullifying them because I don't think they're particularly strong at the centre of the park. They've got very good technical players, but not great players to win it back. So you think sort of Modric, Kroos, you know, you've got great technical players there. But if you put them under pressure, they will really struggle to deal with us if we really go at them in that way. We need to be really solid at the back to deal with those wingers. But we also need to get De Bruyne and Aguero on the ball because I think defensively they're a little bit suspect. And maybe get Pepe sent off. That's always a given. <laughs> the, the weakness of City is that they give the ball away too much. Uh, and if they do that, they will be punished uh, in one of the two legs against Real Madrid. But uh, I hope that what is happening is that Pellegrini is conserving silver for these two games. And if you have silver and De Bruyne together with Fernando and Fernandinho, then you do have a, a, a chance of not only being creative but defensively strong. Yeah, um, I hope Silver's fit. Um, I think it's a shame Nasri's not in the Champions League squad. I know he's injured at the moment as well, but um, that would have been a good outlet to have as well. But I, I just think hopefully our f- first choice fullbacks are available. We have to we have to go at them from the start, like we did when we went to Seville. Um, when we've played like that and started well, which hasn't been often, but when we start well the outcome is generally much better um, because as soon as we start losing the ball we, we we lose the ability to to ever get it back for longer than two passes and it's it, it's very frustrating to watch um, so I, I agree with both of you really Could I just make this point that I hope to be at the game on Tuesday night but given the incompetence of the City website which mm. keeps crashing mm. I haven't yet obtained my ticket yeah. Yeah. in 1981 for the cup final I had to go to Manchester and queue up behind hundreds of people and I eventually got a ticket on the day that I wanted it that was a more efficient way of getting <laughs> it than the, the present so-called modernism I do remember my dad queuing for that and it literally was it was hours and hours of course yep. there were no mobile phones in those days nope. and my mum actually went and found him in the queue and, uh, and it was wonderful the camaraderie of people saying, you know, I need a wee and people holding their place in the queue because it was literally, you know, five, six hours people queued around the ground and more you, in some you've cases. You've got an obsession about wees this week. I have. Yeah, we could, the title might be something about wees today. It, it might well be something we, we could... We are not amused. Yeah. <laughs> not really... We are not, we're not really here we're with not two really... ees. Yeah. Possibly. We'll come up with something. You will all to be revealed. Um, listen, this is, this is dreamland stuff, isn't it? You know, Champions League semi-final, it's just wonderful and uh, with a chance of being at uh, the Bernabeu and, um, and the supporters have their job to do you know they're not there to watch <laughs> they're there to create an atmosphere which encourages City to but do you to not find it's an interesting point Rob do you not find that we're in those tense games I find it very difficult to stand up and you know I feel really quite tense and nervous about these things it's it's quite difficult to get on your chair and yell and sing Blue Moon when or you just every touch and all you want is just to keep possession and try and score it's it's not easy is it well, my younger son was telling me that the atmosphere at Anfield would have no impact on Borussia Dortmund, <laughs> and who, which is his second favourite team, and how wrong he was. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. I think um, we do have a part to play, and it, the atmosphere has been poor 
all season, really. Um, but I would like to think that on this occasion, everyone's going to be just that little bit more excited than normal. So. There's also a certain visceral loathing which I reserve for Cristiano Ronaldo, <laughs> which I'm very much ready to unleash at any given moment. So I, I'm fully looking forward to my opportunity to vent this that has built over several years since he left Manchester United. To so you, you can lead the way with the singing, then. <laughs> I certainly can. Before we go, let's just look forward quickly to, to the weekend as well, then, because we've got a funny time kickoff again, haven't we? Again this weekend, it's. Uh, do you want to... more time for Real Madrid? This is true. This is true. So, uh, any thoughts then, prior to the weekend? Well, Stoke were dreadful last weekend against Tottenham. Um, I have also very strong opinions on their manager. I don't think he's particularly good. And I think certainly the second half of the season, they have fallen off considerably from looking a very strong team at the start. They've got dangerous players. I've, I do like Marco Anatovic, Jan Bojanja. They can really threaten a defence when they're on song. But they're, they're not particularly strong in midfield since Nzonzi's gone. And I think they're going to leave a space we can exploit. I guess it depends partly on the, our lineup, doesn't it? If we obviously have one eye on Tuesday, even though it's an early kickoff, we'll have a couple of hours rest. But it's, I guess it's about team selection and the way he sets us all up. It is, but I mean, they are going to have whoever's playing. If they've got a chance of playing on Tuesday, is going to have one eye on that game. It's diff- this one is difficult. Stoke do look dreadful, but that usually means it's got a Stoke win written all over it. But um, I, I, I think I would think that he should set out a strong team and try and get it won in the first half, which he very rarely tries to do. And I think if you do that, then you can pull players off. I know there's never any guarantee that that will happen, but. And I wonder if he might rest Aguero. But if he does, he'll probably play Bonnie rather than Ayanato, which is also a a mistake. But um, and he'll play company, I assume, because he needs he needs to play um, because to stand any chance of playing against Real Madrid, he needs to play. Sorry, let us not forget that Stoke outplayed City in the in the first game at Stoke earlier in the season. And this is what I call a shin pads game, you know. Uh, Stoke are one of the dirtiest teams in Western Europe still and that means you don't play Aguero because they'll kick him and uh, we can't afford not to have him on on Tuesday so I wouldn't play him. What about De Bruyne on that point as well? Yeah, well, uh, if Nasri can play then then you would rest uh, De Bruyne. And presumably you would play to hear Nacho ahead of Bonnie I, then in I that would situation. Do, yes. Yeah, but we don't think the manager's necessarily going to do that. Any other changes anybody's looking for? If Nasri is fit, I'd have him in. He's looked very good in recent weeks and can't play in the Champions League. So I think if he can play, he he would certainly add something and allow us to rest, possibly De Bruyne. Well, the next time we meet, let's hope we've got another three points that secures at least a top four position, and we've got a we've got. A, a good advantage in the first leg of the Champions League semi-final. We look forward to that. Huge thanks to my three guests, Lisa Rabinowitz, Rob Barron, CTID, and Dave Hodgson. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production, served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.